0: Practical Christianity is not complicated. It just means that we must be united with Christ in our attitude and in the way we think. Paul says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice! Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in christ jesus and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing Fix your thoughts on what is true, and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you.
1: Well, welcome to the OK Corral. <laughs> Good to have you here today. And we are just, can you believe, we're almost done the Book of Philippians? It's gone by so quickly. Hey, everybody nowadays wants inner peace. In fact, uh, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I don't know if you know that. And people uh, go for, for spas. They want to go for massages. There's aromatherapy that you can get, and it's all about trying to bring tranquility and peace to your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we're seeing a resurgence of things like yoga, and you may have heard of Zen, Z-E-N, Zen Buddhism. It's all about trying to find peace, and so you you might you might see images like that, uh, where you got people. Uh, in the meditation position. You just cross your legs into a painful position. And well, if you're 60, it's painful. But you cross your legs, and you get your hands in the right position, and you hum, and you try to empty your mind. In fact, that really is what they tell you to do. You have to empty your mind. This guru says the inner emptiness is the door to God. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is the door to God. Amen? Amen. Yeah, not inner peace. None of this. This is absolute nonsense. And if you're a Christian today, you have no business dabbling in that. And so one of the things that I just heard, of, my dad's doctor told, uh, told him that there is a, a very serious, what's, what's described as an epidemic of, of wine drinking, especially among women. And in fact, it's, a, it's kind of a joke. People have it on their bumper stickers, uh, that uh, that they, they love to have their glass of wine and of course you have the glass of wine long stem it looks all so lovely so wonderful, but put it in a plastic cup and it's just a rotten tasting drink right, and if you're drinking it out of a sippy cup, well then you really got problems. So this is the kind of world we're living in right now. We're trying to we're trying to bring peace. We're trying to bring tranquility. My life is upset uptight. I've got knots in my stomach. I'm in turmoil. I'm anxious. And, and so we'll do anything, whatever it takes to bring peace. In fact, I know some, some people call themselves Christians that believe it's even good to, to smoke a joint once in a while in order to have a peace of mind. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. You did not come here today to learn uh, psychological coping mechanisms, did you? You came here to hear the word of God. You wanna know what the Lord Jesus Christ commands us to do. And so that's why you're here. And I'm gonna tell you the ways of God are absolutely uh, in opposition to the ways of this world. This world is gonna tell you to find peace with God through anything, any other method other than what God's word declares. Is not that right? Anything but what God declares. How many know today that Satan is a great counterfeiter. In fact, the Bible describes him as, the, as, as a deceiver. Jesus called him the father of lies. And so it's really critical that you and I learn to do things the way the scripture teaches us to do them. So we are here this morning to hear what the Bible says about, about living the way that God wants us to live so that we may know peace in our hearts. And I'm gonna tell you, the Bible does not call us to become a monk in a monastery in order to find inner peace. It doesn't tell us to have wine. It doesn't tell us to, to do anything like that. It doesn't tell us to, to take uh, sabbaticals. Uh, I know some pastors that every seven years, they go on a sabbatical for six months or a year, and I'm gonna be here for 30 years in, in uh, 2024, and I'm gonna tell you, the church owes me a lot of years of, of, of leave, right? Right? And I just imagine retiring and then saying, okay, you owe me for three years, and then getting a paycheck for three more years for doing nothing. And everybody said, come on, I thought you'd work with me on this. Well, this is, uh, this is crazy. Eh? This is the kind of world we live in. I'm going to tell you, Christianity is very unique in that it, does, it never tells you to, to do any of these things the world tells you to do. I've heard people quit quit volunteering in church because they say, you know, I'm so stressed out, I've got so much to do, there's so much on my plate, I have to have some me time. Has anybody ever heard of that? Me time. I'm going to tell you, there's nothing in the Bible that supports such a notion. It's just not there. In fact, Christianity is very unique in that it teaches us how to have peace in the midst of the storms of life. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Ellen, I need peace. Well, you've come to the right place because I'm gonna tell you how you can have a peace, a peace that the world cannot give and the world cannot take it away. Hallelujah. So that's what you've come to hear today. You've heard, you've come to hear about how we can indeed have peace. Now, again, me time is not a biblical idea. In fact, I'm guessing that if you have been busy trying to figure out me time, that's probably what's bringing you the stress. Because whenever you focus on yourself, whenever you focus on your problems, whenever you focus on, 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 on trying to juggle it and get it together, that is often the time that you indeed become even more stressed. So you're saying, Pastor John, you better have a good answer for me today because I've tried everything else and man, it just it doesn't seem to work. And it won't work. And I'm gonna show you why in just a few moments. So this morning... We are focusing on the Christian teaching about peace. And again, it's, it's, uh, it's critical that we understand that, that we need to do things God's way. And uh, you know, this, this idea of me time and taking time out and not having to work and getting paid, this is, this is a relatively new idea. This is, this is something that for, for thousands of years, nobody ever had that luxury. And suddenly we think we need to have that luxury. Well, I'm going to tell you how, how to live. So here we go. We're looking at, if you have your Bibles, take them to Philippians chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 4 to 9. And, uh, and here's what Paul is offering us in these two, these two passages. There's two paragraphs next to each other, and it says, "...and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." That's how he concludes the first paragraph. And then he concludes the second paragraph with these words. And the God of peace will be with you. I don't know if you noticed that, but in the first paragraph, he concludes it with the peace of God. And then the second paragraph, he ends it with the God of peace. How many know today that God is a God of peace? He is the author of peace. He is the finisher of peace. He's the one that works in us to produce peace that marvelous peace. So what you and I need to do is we need to plug into God. We need to figure out how how can I have peace in this crazy, crazy world? So Paul tells us how. But before we look at the things that we need to do, the practices that we need to practice in order to have this peace, let me just point out something to you. For too many years in churches, Uh, for too many centuries, the emphasis has always been on doctrine and in knowing what we believe. Now, it's critical that we know what we believe. Uh, If you grew up in a Roman Catholic church or perhaps a Lutheran church, maybe an Anglican, uh, there's a few, maybe Presbyterian, uh, you may have grown up taking catechism classes. And the catechism classes is all about teaching you what you believe. What do we believe as Christians? Now, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'm thinking that maybe we'll be doing the same thing here at our church in a not-too-distant future. We, We do need to tell people what they believe. But one of the things that you know if you've been attending this church for any length of time is the importance of behavior, what we do, how we live. And at our church, we call them Christian habits. We call them the seven habits. And by the way, if you are going to be at the ABM on Wednesday, you're going to hear about some changes to these habits. It's not, it's not that we're changing the habits so much as that we are, we are adding one and clarifying another. So we are going to start talking about nine habits. Well, I'm going, to, I'm going to reveal that to you on Wednesday, and I'm really excited about doing that. Now, these habits that we're talking about are the behaviors of Christ followers. Basically, what we did is we looked at the life of Christ and determined what were Christ's behaviors. So it's really important that we understand this today. You and I are called to live a certain way. We're called to do certain things. You say, well, Pastor Allen, should we just focus on that? Obviously, no. We need the doctrine. But watch this. The doctrines have to inform our behaviors or our habits, we teach behavior, and we teach the doctrine that supports that behavior. It tells us the why, the who, what, when, why, and where of these Christian behaviors. When you raise a child, the first thing you're gonna do is you cannot teach your child all the philosophical reasons why they must obey. You just teach them to obey. That's how it begins. You, you begin teaching Christian behavior. How to be a good citizen. Don't, don't be rude. Say please, say thank you. Now, when you get a little older, you can start diving into the philosophy of this and explain why that when you say thank you to people, it makes them wanna be kinder to you and and it reflects Jesus and you can give all the philosophy of it, but it begins with teaching proper behavior. And so it is with Christianity. So if you wanna know what I believe as as your pastor and if you wanna know what my philosophy of discipleship is, it begins with teaching behavior, and using the doctrine to inform that behavior so that we are what you might call full, full-orbed, full fully developed, wise Christian people. Now, Pastor on, where are we going with this? How it, what does this have to do with the peace of God? Well, James tells us this. He says, don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. People who hear the word and then don't do what it says. Paul says, or James, the writer of James says, is like somebody who looks in the mirror and then immediately forgets what they look like. How dumb is that? How pathetic is that? So you and I, we, we have to be people who know the word and then put it into practice. In fact, James says, faith without works is, is dead. And so you and I need to examine how we're living our lives. We need to be conscious We need to be self-conscious of the things that we're doing or not doing. And Paul tells us then, in these verses 7 to 9, there's two paragraphs, he tells us how how we can arrive at the peace of God and how we can have the God of peace be with us at all times. Now, I don't know about you, but I need the God of peace to be with me at all times. Anybody else in this room feel the same way? Anybody else know this for a fact? I want the peace of God. Well, the good news is I can, I can tell you how to have it today. Isn't that exciting? I can tell you how to do this. And uh, it's not my ideas. It comes right out of the scriptures. So Paul says, and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, let's, let's just take a look for a moment at what peace means. The simple dictionary definition of peace is freedom from disturbance, Would you agree with that? That sounds right. People who are disturbed, people who are in turmoil, they have no inner peace. Their their minds are anxious. They're racing. They have a hard time focusing. You know what I'm talking about? There's there's turmoil all around them. Uh, Peace also means tranquility. It's that thing that the the teachers of transcendental meditation teaches. I want to have tranquility, but this is not the way to do it. Peace also means a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. Now, how does that apply to us? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. When you and I, when I, you and I were born, we were born, the Bible says, as enemies of God. We were born at war with God. That is our nature. And it's for this reason That we celebrate Christmas. Watch this in Luke chapter 2, in verse 14. The angels appear to the shepherds and they're singing a song. And what are they singing? They're singing peace on earth and goodwill to all men on whom God's favor rests. I got chills just run down my spine just now. Because what God is saying from heaven, God is saying, I'm calling a truce. I'm sending my son who will be the mediator, who will broker peace between God and man. This, my friends, is what we call the gospel or the good news about Jesus Christ. He's come to put an end to the war between God and man. And all who put their faith in Jesus Christ now have this peace with God. In fact, not only do you have peace with God, you now come under his propitiatory covering, his propitiatory protection. Hallelujah. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is the beginning of peace. The war is over. I am now one with God. I am now at rest in Christ. Because here's what happens. When you became a Christian, you received the righteousness of Christ. I was talking to John Romani yesterday, and he said, Pastor Allen, it just all of a sudden came to me. I finally got it. I finally understood it. He said, I understand that I can rest in Christ knowing that I have Christ's righteousness, that it's not my righteousness that wins favor with God. It's not me that brings about peace with God. It's Jesus Christ and my faith in Christ. That's where my peace comes from. I'm at rest. I'm totally at rest. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not fearful anymore. I know that I belong to him for eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, my friends, this, my friends, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But wait, it gets better. I've got more to offer you. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it means the beginning of a transformation in your life. Here's what Jesus says to his disciples who have put their faith in him. He says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many have that gift? Some people have. Some aren't sure. Got like... Here, if you put your faith in Christ, then you have the gift. Now, by the way, it's not, it's not like a spiritual gift. It's not like I have the gift of speaking in tongues or the gift of interpretation or the gift of healing. We're not talking about that kind of gift. This is altogether different. This is a gift for all Christians. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. He's telling his disciples some hard things that they don't really want to hear. He's not really going along with what they think he's going to do. They think he's taken over the world. They think that he's setting himself up as the king of Israel. What they don't know is that, yes, he is the king of Israel, but he's not setting it up the way they think. There's some very difficult days ahead, and it's making them a little bit anxious. And Jesus says, Don't panic. Don't worry. You don't understand what's going on, but I know what's going on. Let the Spirit of God speak to you now. Because so many times, there's so many things you don't understand about the way God works. You're feeling anxious. You're feeling like God's lost control. God, are you out there? Do you know what's going on? Do you need me to catch you up, Lord, on what's going on down here? Don't you see what's happening? Look at my kids. Look at my marriage. Look at my job. Look at my financials. are God, it's a mess down here. And it's like, oh, really? God said, I, I didn't know that. Of course he knows that. He's God. So what we need to do is we need to understand who God is, and we need to understand what he's doing in our life. Jesus says, I'm giving you a gift. It's peace of mind and heart. And he goes on to say, and the peace I give, well, this is brilliant, is a gift the world cannot give. There's no guru On this planet, there is no religion on this planet that can give you the peace that Jesus gives. Are you getting this? Freud can't give it to you. Carl Jung can't give it to you. Mahatma Gandhi and the Maharishi and all the rest of the Eastern thought leaders, they can't give it to you. But Jesus, I can give it to you. I've got the gift. I've got what you need. Now here's the thing, everybody's looking for happiness. In fact, if you Google happiness, you will be amazed at what comes up. It's there's just there's millions upon millions of, of sites that you can go to that deal with the